Once again, coming to your ears, Captain Brunch and Chimp. Muggy swamps of South Florida. We gotta work on our intros. Yes, we do. But it's not like this is pre-scripted anyway. Like, what would you want to happen? Uh, it, to be more smooth. <laughs> well. Anyway, what's up? Uh, Welcome you know, back to life. Well, you know, for the people who don't know, and I guess most people don't know, I got the coof. Uh, you got the coof. I am. Uh, I'm in coofed at my home. Uh, like Tuesday at work, about like the second half of work, I just started kind of feeling weak, and, uh, and then for whatever reason, I had some COVID tests at home. So I'm like, "Fuck it, let me just take one of these fucking COVID tests." And so I shoved that thing up my nose, and I like, put, you know, there's like this whole little process that you got to follow, like shake three times and don't look in the mirror or something like that. And then uh, it said I had COVID, but uh, you know, like luckily my symptoms are pretty much just like kind of like a mild flu, like like body weakness, chills, sweats. And that's, that's been my life since Wednesday. <laughs> okay. Tuesday night. Cool. And it hasn't really gotten worse though. So, you know, that's why I say it's mild because like that really the first day, like Wednesday, like, well, when I was feeling weak already on Tuesday and then Tuesday, the second half of work, I started to feel kind of weak and, you know, it was probably like, I assumed it was going to be like a flu or something like that, but I happened to have some COVID tests at home. So I shot the shit and took a COVID test. You know, you have to like shake three times and don't look in the mirror uh, or else you get cursed. They'll take your firstborn child. Oh man. Yeah. You just go to Walgreens and they give you like eight tests every month. Yeah. But I wasn't, I'm not about like leaving the house. You know, like I hate leaving the house. It's so fucking annoying to leave the house, especially when you're sick. I'm not trying to leave the house. So I already had the COVID test here at the house. I took it and it said, Koof. So I'm like, all right, well, uh, it say C O O F and then with a plus or no, then after the F there's like a middle finger sticking up at you. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. When you talk, Cause I saw you Saturday, obviously Saturday night. Yeah. And I'm like, shit, because I've been feeling a little down myself, something in my throat. But I haven't been feeling sick. It's just something in my throat. But hey, I'm not dead yet. Yeah, I mean, neither. But right now I'm like super congested. And uh, I've been congested for a few days. But that's sort of like, so it started off with the body, you know, with the chills and the sweats and feeling weak. And now I don't really feel weak anymore. I feel pretty normal except for my face, right? Cause like my nose, it feels like, like I'm just inflamed everywhere. <laughs> Yet but, you still are here. Thank you for joining us. Well, you know, it's, it's thank God for the internet, right? Like the conveniences <laughs> of modern technology. So yeah, usually we meet up at Captain Brunch's Via over on the east side of town. And we record from there. Well, today, obviously, we're not doing that since I have to protect myself from the evil big bad coof. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like a basic, 
you know, like if I know I feel like crap and I'm sick, there's no point in us being in the same room together. That just doesn't seem smart. Like regardless of any other kind of things that people might believe about, you know, the, the coof or, or any other kind of sickness. Like I've, I've been playing this game called black book. And in this game, it's a, uh, it's like a, Sounds like a porno. I think it's like Estonian or something. It's like Russian and it's like folklore. Right. So like you're this, you're this, uh, like teenage girl and you, you were going to get married to this guy, but then he got killed somehow. And so you become a witch so that you can try to bring him back from the dead. But basically in, the, in this story, like you're, since you're a witch, like you think all sickness is caused by curses and demons and stuff. You don't, you don't really believe in science. And the, the, the story takes place in the 1800s. I'm pretty sure. So nice. I got to give a quick shout out to LB via Podverse boosting uh, 5150 sats music. Ah, uh, music is wonderful. Yes. Thank you so much. Then that is uh, Van Halen boost, actually, 5150, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, well, yeah, thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on this evening. So anyway, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so we are trying a completely different setup today. I've, I, hopefully things sound okay, but I'm sitting in the comfort of my home. Yeah, yeah me too. You know, I, 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 for a minute, I was thinking of doing it in my bed. No, definitely not. <laughs> well, obviously not. I, I'm not doing it in my bed. I'm doing it at my desk. Uh, you know, I'm pretty comfortable, I think. But well, yeah, I, I don't feel, know. I had to. I, what? I definitely feel my element. I have like three screens staring at me right now. So, rather than well, just... I had to turn off my computer. Right, like my computer's on. This is Ubuntu. It's called suspended mode. It's not sleep. <laughs> but my little laptop, right? Like the Windows 11 surface laptop where i usually do the podcast that that one is on nice i got my little candles set up got some coffee mct i'm gonna be good anyway so let's yeah, I got start tea. off the show let me start off the show oh well, so just to speak of starting off the show like my transition right so i have these three monitors one of the the side effects of the transition is that the Ubuntu wasn't able to output to like all three of my monitors. Uh. Yeah. And I haven't really spent the time to be able to see if I can make it work because gosh, you know, that's going to take a long time if it even would work. So I've, I've only got two monitors working and one of them I've got like plugged into a raspberry Pi. That's really weird. Cause really you're just using one output there. Cause you're dedicating no. those monitors, right? Or no, no. So I had been apparently running one line through HDMI for some time. And I don't remember why, but I think it had something to do with like power management or something. It's something weird. Like, cause you know, this computer has been around for a while. It's been, you know, I, I put it through a lot. So I somehow Jerry rigging it so that only two of the, the, the monitors were, were going through the, you know, from one output, but the third monitor was outputting from an HDMI. Right. Which sucked, I guess, because I used to originally, like the original, I guess, is, that like, is that just the deterioration of the hardware? It could be. Maybe, maybe the signal wasn't like being put out as strong, but that's that's really weird though. Yeah, it is weird because I used to be able to do that, right? 
And, but that, that's been from before the transition. Yeah. <laughs> Way before. <laughs> Jesus oh, man. And you know, it's tough. Like, I'm not going to say that Linux is, is a walk in the park. It's not everything is impossible to do, but a lot of things are a, a headache to do. <laughs> like setting up my, my embassy pro that came in the mail yesterday. Oh, it came finally. Yes. Oh, embassy. Oh yeah. And because I upgraded my, my Xfinity speed because some Indian guy in a chat, like tricked me into signing up for faster internet. And, uh, <laughs> and I also, he also tricked me into to signing up two of my phone lines to, to, to Xfinity mobile. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause he was like, Oh yeah, we use Verizon's, uh, you know, what do you call it? Their, their, their data, their towers, their service. They basically sublease Verizon. I'm like, Oh, well I already use Verizon. So if you guys are going to save me a bunch of money, this is so sad, right? Like I hate Comcast so much, but these guys, this guy was able to get me to sign up for a whole bunch of stuff. And I never, I hate signing up for stuff, but here I am. This was the charming Indian man who lured you in. Yes. Yeah, summit. And, uh, Basically, I'm, I, I went from 75 megabyte per second internet to over 800. Now, was it just your white guilt that really got you to say yes? or The whole thing was really strange because the only reason I, I even hit them up was because I wanted to apply this, this credit to my account. And I still, I still haven't even got the credit applied to my account. <laughs> So I've signed up for like another internet service. I already have the modem in my house. I've already set up the modem, but I don't have the credit applied to my account. I signed up for two mobile lines. Man, you got like, suckered. I got roped so hard. And, I, you know, I'm going to have to call them again or I'm going to have to chat with them again just to, to get to finally get this credit applied. But theoretically, if everything the guy said was true, which, which is really funny because my mom was like, oh, don't trust them. Those Indians, they're always trying to like trick you with money. And I'm like, what? Whoa, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's funny because the guy was like all into my name being Indian. Oh, that's how he got you. Hmm. So she's like, oh, don't give him your credit card. Like, did you give him your credit card? Did you? I'm like, oh my God, mom, you don't even know all the information I gave this guy. Like if this guy wants to steal my identity, I'm fucked. <laughs> Are you sure you were talking to Comcast? I mean, well, again, I mean, I don't know, but I have this modem here, like this big box that he sent, you know, and I was talking, whatever. I mean, I'm not going to think about that. That's too stressful. <laughs> so my internet was so fast though, that Bitcoin core was able to sync like overnight. So from like yesterday, when I set it up to to this morning, it was already synced, like all 400 plus gigs of the Bitcoin blockchain. So you had 86 megabits per second? Like what? That's No, nuts. I used to have 75 and now I've got over 800. Yeah. But like, how were you living life at 75? Um, Jeez. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like what, what, what do you, like what, what would I ever do that would be high bandwidth? Like not a lot of things that I would do except for downloading stuff sometimes. And then the whole thing about downloading is that you, you know, you, you download it and then eventually it's done downloading and then you can use it. But you watch a ton of videos. 
So like it's usually YouTube. Exactly. So the stream, um, the buffering wasn't annoying or no, I like never have issues with, almost with buffering. Interesting. Are you always at, I mean, at, at the lowest setting possible? No, it's usually on auto. I'm pretty sure, but yeah, okay, that's why <laughs> you didn't notice. No HD for you. I mean, I oftentimes will put a video to like 1080p or even to 4K if it's available, even though I don't think my monitors can output to 4K. They're pre-4K monitors. Which is like a whole other thing I've been thinking about is like to upgrade my monitors, but that's uh, like Christmas is killing me, man. Christmas is killing me. Well, Christmas is a choice. Remember that. Yeah, but like it's always a choice and I always spend money on myself. Ah, uh, okay. Well, that's fine. Well, I hopefully have a place. I'm waiting very patiently. I saw the pl- uh, saw the place yesterday. I'm pretty happy with it. It's pretty uh, renovated. Everything looks pretty new. And I'm going to have two rooms. One I will probably make into a studio. So we'll have like a studio space. So I want to get a bunch of that fancy RLX um, sound deadening foam to s- s- set up in the whole room. And yeah, so we could record from there or, you know, do a, a plethora of things. Definitely like record music and, and the like. Yeah, we got lots of options. Uh, you know, one of the things that we I really kind of want to try out is recording on location. Are we going to do the whole bright line thing? Well, can we do the bright line thing? So, so okay. So the bright line, it's actually, one of, the, of course, right? Like on my list because the Aventura station and the Boca Raton station, I think Boca, but at least the Aventura station is supposed to open December 21st. Yeah. So that's, uh, if, if they're working fast as fuck. Every week I see it, it's like, dude, how'd you guys, what the fuck? So well, come on, man. It's easy to work when everything's paid for already. Like we paid for it, you and I. Oh, yeah. And like the other people of Miami-Dade County, like we paid for it. So, yeah, of course it's going fast because everything's paid for. Whereas usually they got to like, you know, finance and like wait for checks to come from the bank and like, no, no, no. Like Big Brother got your back. Well, it definitely looks nice. Um, I hate that they got rid of all that nice um, greenery, but... I mean, at least it looks nice. I'm sorry for all those people who who got those um, those units right there, all, all that living space. <laughs> now they're in front of a fucking train station. Yeah, but actually, it'll probably increase the value in the long run because the the, the property value is just going to go insane, man. It's going to go crazy because of that train. Well, those are all rentals, so. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be really high rent. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But, you know, so apparently the prices are supposed to start around $10. So if you want to drive up, like we could go over there and, uh, you know, if they have got Wi-Fi, you know, theoretically, we could do the show from the from the train. Yep. Hell yeah. We'll just record from the train live. <laughs> it's not going to be at eight o'clock, though, when you think about it. <laughs> Why not? I mean, are they going to have an eight o'clock train? Why wouldn't they? Saturday why and, not? And they, we're gonna sit on the go train. Like 11. We're gonna sit on a train for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, like what are we gonna do? So, crap. Well, uh, I don't know. It depends. Like we could we could schedule it out. We could make sure that the ride that we take is about, you know, like an hour, an hour and a half. Uh, we could ride up to to Boca, for instance, instead of to downtown Miami. 
from another option. Or we'll take longer. Or we could do downtown to Boca and back. <laughs> yeah, just, just whatever. We, you know, the, 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 it, it's up to us. So we, we we'll, we'll figure out what we want to do, and then it'll be all good. Yo, just a big shout out to Panda Man, one of our OG participants and listeners. Just jumped into our little chat room. Thank you very much, Panda Man. Yes, if you are listening live, do join uh, the Telegram chat. Uh, I posted the link on the Masto and as well as on the show notes. So, Yo, so Chimp, I got a question for you. Is too many podcasts a bad thing? Are too many podcasts a bad thing? And, and uh, you know, it's like, I feel like this has been eating at me since this girl, Jamie, <laughs> she, she like said to me when I told her, uh, I think it was like a magazine. I was like, oh, you know, my idea is like for a magazine. She's like, oh, another magazine. And then I felt like it was like the same <laughs> thing about podcasts for like, oh, another podcast. And I'm like, yes, yes. And, and, and then it came up recently in a podcast I was listening to. It's sort of that same sort of kind of dismissive tone and, like personally, I'm really, I think it's great if there's too many podcasts because it's like, it, it's not burning anyone. It, the more, the better, right? Like the more options, the more information, the more possibilities. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm working on my mixtape, you know, oh, another <laughs> mixtape. <laughs> yeah. And some of them are good, right? Like exactly. maybe most of them suck, but some of them are good. So if no one makes them, right? Like if everyone makes them, then some of them will be good. If no one makes them, then none of them are going to be good. And we won't know it because we're like, oh, another mixtape. Yes. Oh, finally. <laughs> It'll get undue uh, praise. <laughs> well, you know, I feel like there's a lot of possibilities for music in the near future, especially because of like value for value, streaming sets, you know, so being able to like play a radio station on the internet and then send, send money directly back to you know, to the artists or to the, the producer, to the creators, to like the value split, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's really great. I think it's interesting stuff. Yeah. I've talked about it before. I, I love listening to internet radio stations and it'd be cool. Um, have you, have you checked out that a hundred percent retro? Nope. Oh yeah. So that's, that's exactly what that is. That's um an internet radio station, but on the lightly network or rather you can boost them or you could send your sats per minute. Which be which would be really expensive if you have your sat set high, but the boosting is nice, and then you'd be boosting. They'll have like particular um, talent at, at a certain time, so that's pretty cool. It's really, really weird. The radio, like I can't quite remember right now how the radio works. About like what are the royalties that radio stations have to pay to play songs on the radio? You got me there. I mean, I guess they're they're just going straight to ASCAP or BMI. Yeah, but I don't even remember if they even have royalties on the radio. Like there might be some sort of protection that they get for publicity or something like that. There's something it's there's called Sessy no or something like that. Sessy. I can't remember what it's called. I, I I know I've seen it on on these internet radio stations. They have to like get get the license to um to play all this shit. Oh right, well yeah. So they're they're, they're paying they're paying the uh, the royalty organizations like ASCAP and BMI. Right, and there's one more I can't remember. <laughs> it's not sexy, but it's somewhere around. There. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had an idea just before the show. The idea was like picture it in your mind, okay? Like maybe uh, all right, eyes closed, uh, like picturing like uh, like Las Vegas strip 
you know, you're, you're like looking in the outside of a hotel and, and then, you know, cause Las Vegas, especially the strip, well, the old strip at least, uh, it's kind of cheesy. So like lit bingo. What? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how it works, but lit bingo, there's gotta be a way to play bingo with our listeners. Like does anyone who listens to this show <laughs> like bingo? Did you ever play bingo chimp? I've played bingo, yes. And isn't it kind of fun? Uh, yeah, sure. Bingo is fun. Yeah, but you know, I feel like bingo is fun for the whole family. <laughs> it's it's a wholesome activity, and then you can have fun with with what it is that you choose to fill the cards with. Well, I mean, a lot of this stuff is already being done on like on um, things like Twitch where people are playing games together, whether it's board games, whether it's bingo. Yeah. But so it's, I don't know how it's going to work somehow, but basically somehow take it out of there. Somehow by listening to the show, you're going to have to mark off cards. Maybe it's going to be digitally like with lightning. Hmm. And then if you're able to get like a row of cards, right? A row of like those blocks, you know, you get bingo. So you could boost a particular value block or something. Ooh, that's interesting. So this is just an idea I'm throwing out there. We can keep, you know, thinking about it if it's interesting. And, and then uh, that way you can't cheat because you can't be like, oh, I had my thing here on I-23. <laughs> <laughs> Check the block. <laughs> Check the value block. And you can set up a bot to like um, say who put out what. Uh, the future. Well, you know, I'm I'm really inspired by light stats. Like, are you familiar with that? Yeah, I remember you mentioning it. But I don't remember. What okay, it was. so I'm just super inspired by that and the fact that the guy who did it, he didn't know how to program. He was able to find people who did know how to program, who were willing to program the idea he had. Or I don't know if that's the right word because there's people who like, uh, they, I use that word and then, People who are programmers are like, that's not programming. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Anyways, so this guy won this like hackathon, you know, well, him and his team, they won a Bitcoin uh, for this project they put oh, together yeah, in yeah, six yeah, weeks. Yeah. Go ahead. That's so cool, right? To like win $15,000 in six weeks for your side hustle. I would say it right. They won a, a Bitcoin, right? I did say that. No, you said $15,000. I said, that's the second thing I said, but the first thing I said was that they want a Bitcoin. What's that? What's that noise? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. Like the difference of, uh, of like listening to you over the internet versus listening to you in person. Well, all, all, all the stuff is going to go into the stream, but what's being recorded, it's going to have a gate on it. So yeah, oh, that's cool. Trees. Um, so, you know, anyone who's listening to this, if who wants to help us make Saturday night lit bingo, you know, hit me up. Who's Luna? Panda says Luna plays bingo. I'm not sure who Luna is. Maybe uh, he means Lula. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I haven't like thought about that in a little while. Cause I, I, you know, all I've been doing is like thinking about this black magic video game that I've been playing. Um, so, oh, you know, it's really weird. Uh, so Watchmen, the the series, right? The, well, so there's the comic book. Did you ever read that? The yes. Alan Moore comic book? Yes. 
you know, I'm a big Alan Moore fan and uh, cartoonist Kayfabe, they did a six and a half hour video, like reading the whole Watchmen series. Nice. And so since I've been sick at home, not working, I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, let me watch this. So I did. And then for some reason that inspired me to rewatch the Watchmen TV series. And the thing about it is that I'm, again, I'm a big fan of Alan Moore and, and Watchmen is a good comic book. I enjoyed it. This series, I think it's like an HBO series or maybe it's a Showtime. I don't know what the difference is, but it's like extremely manipulative, pornographic entertainment. It's like, it's like demonic. But you love it. Well, so it's very entertaining, right? Like, so it's extremely entertaining, well-written. The graphics are very good. The art direction is great. You know, like so much attention to detail. So in terms of, you know, what you might call like modern cinema, it's a really high quality production, but you know, I can't say that I like it or I can't say that it was good because I think it's like, it's like propaganda. It's like trying to manipulate our emotions. And it's, it's funny because one of the main storylines of the series is that uh, a secret Ku Klux Klan organization has developed this mesmerism technology that they can use. Uh, so it's basically like light that they flash in your eyes <laughs> and then because of the frequency of the, of the, the light flashing or whatever, they're able to influence your, the behavior of the people who are caught in this beam. And so they, the, the most creative idea that I guess that these, you know, Ku Klux Klan people can have is that, Oh, well we're going to use it to get black people to commit black on black violence. But of course, then the strange thing is that the undertone is that, so this is media that is talking about media that's being used to manipulate black people to commit black on black violence. And I don't know, it's like it, the whole thing was really meta and it seemed like it, it was kind of self-aware, but at the same time, not self-aware kind of like from the matrix. Do you remember the new matrix movie? No, I haven't <laughs> seen the new ones, but that kind of reminds me of, um, one. you know, how, how, how people say, Oh, they don't go after, a lot of nineties or, or eighties hip hop for, 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 for being so violent because they're mostly being violent against black people versus if you were to put out an album, you know, like trying to kill Jews, then that wouldn't fly. But if you're killing other black people, it's fine. Yeah. It's so strange. So like media where they are exploiting the image of black people being hurt, so it's like black exploitation, and then at the same time, that the same media is perpetuating, uh, like the behaviors or the or the patterns, the cultural patterns that like induce the pain to begin with. It's I don't know. It's, it's the whole thing is very weird. Uh, we got to stop watching TV, right? But like me, worst of all, and I'm so fucking addicted to TV. It's really bad. Can't read a book or something. Come on, man. You've had a you've had a week. Uh, Sitting at I home should. and you watch TV. No, <laughs> I watched and I watched nine hour series. 
of something you've seen already. <laughs> well, at least because I wanted to, I wanted to confirm like how magnificently horrible it was. No, you did it for the podcast. You did it for content. Thank you. Thank you for sacrificing yourself. Well, it's strange because what's it in a way it's like the movie's kind of futuristic. They, so in that universe, for some reason, uh, I guess they changed the constitution. And so Nixon is able to become president for like 30 years. And then after he's done being president, Robert Redford becomes president. What the fuck? I know science fiction is funny. So, uh, it's like an alternative reality where, where, you know, like people's priorities and cultural mores are a little bit different, but it's fun to think about our future and what our cultural priorities are because we're in such strange times. <laughs> we're in such strange times in this world right now. Very cool. Um, I don't know. I've just, I've been getting a little back more into reading. Um, it just seems a lot more interesting. I, I, I shouldn't say it seems a lot more interesting, but it's more. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a different experience reading versus watching something. Because watching something is very, um, it's very, I guess, it's it's the entire experience. But I, I feel like with a book, I could put it down and stop. With a show, I can't really do that. You know, like I would want to sit through the entire thing or the entire movie versus a book. I'm reading it for like 15 minutes. If that's all I have. And then, it, you know. I could yeah, go it's like, something it's else. chemical addiction, right? So you're getting this buzz from this experience and then you know that you could just keep going and you could just keep getting the buzz. Right. And my God, you know, like these medias are so buzzy. Like I'm crying, I'm laughing, I'm angry, I'm happy, like all these emotions. <laughs> so you said that show was, um, it felt like it was trying to manipulate you. Who do you think the intended audience was? Oh, like, like, uh, Modern people, you know, probably 16 to 44 or something like that, you know, and just uh, woke, you know, oh my God, this, this totally, totally took, you know, a, a show that, I mean, not a show, but like a comic book that was about, you know, God knows what it was about, about so many things and they turned it into just a pretty pretty blatant like racial you know war <laughs> racial war story like everyone just, wants a race war oh, oh yeah oh yeah and you know it's like there's a lot of i mean i saw a lot of that when that was coming out a lot of the tv shows were doing this sort of like black catharsis where you got to see sort of like heroic honest black people able to defeat these racist white villains and uh and like do it in very violent gruesome ways so that you can kind of like really get these you know like that like gladiator sort of feeling where oh yeah he's like that bad guy's getting ripped open Oof. um <laughs> uh and yeah like for the point like about race it's really weird uh, i don't know how much of that is prevalent like today because like what what tv i mean i don't i can't remember what i've been watching lately Especially, oh, like, let's see, Star Wars. 
there was like that, that Andor, uh, that's more about like anti-government, <laughs> which is like right up my alley. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but I just wanted to bring it up. You know, I, again, how the media manipulates us and how they got all these organizations and all these, these groups who are spending money and time to try to influence us and try to influence the storylines that go into movies and TV shows. And so, but to what uh, end is it, is it just to, to get you to watch it and spend your money and, or are you trying to say there's some sort of nefarious uh, uh, plot underneath? Oh yeah. There's, I mean, the nefarious plot is to get us all to like, think the same way, to believe the same things, to have the same interests. It's monoculture. Like think about it. We're a country of hundreds of millions of people, our media gets exposed, not just to people here, but to people all over the world. So uh, the idea is to create one culture because one culture is easier to control than many cultures, which is with the situation we have now, right? Like if they can, if they can somehow get us all to fit into these boxes, black and white, like how much easier is that to control a society of just black and white people versus you know, a multi-ethnic bunch of people. And then who is they? Are you talking about the global <sighs> elite or are we talking about some, some artificial in- in- intelligence that's trying to destabilize, <laughs> destabilize <laughs> human society? So, I mean, I think that's just like the, the idea of, um, so divide to divide and conquer. Right. But instead of like dividing people on lines that already divide them. What the, the, what tends to happen in colonial societies is that the colonists will divide people amongst completely arbitrary invented, you know, uh, rules or patterns. So for instance, like in, uh, I think it was in Rwanda where they had the, the Hutu and the Tutsis, like those two tribes, the Hutu and the Tutsis are not historical tribes. Those are, designations that were given to them by the Dutch who had colonized Rwanda. And so the Dutch literally just chose a bunch of people probably because of their looks or probably because of their height or different qualities that, you know, for whatever crazy eugenic reasons that they wanted, they created a race of people who were like a minority in general now because everyone like imagine if you have a hundred percent of the population and there are dozens and dozens of tribes and you're like all you dozens of tribes you are now just hutu and tutsi and then the tutsi is like 15 percent or something you know it's like it's like a minority whereas so this, so that's what i'm you know i think that's what it is it's like it's not an ai and it's not the world economic forum per se but it's like every crazy greedy group of leaders who wants people to just shut up and listen to them. Like, you know, like just stop thinking for yourself and then do what I tell you because I know what's good for you and then everything will be better. Cause that's the big problem with democracy, right? Is the fact that like everyone has their own opinion. I mean, sure. But then as long as the hands of power are changing, then one group can't get too far in that. Well, endeavor. as long as the hands of power are changing, but like look at, look at Canada, right? Like, some people are waiting for an election, right? And they could have called an election. People were calling on Trudeau to call for an election 
months ago and months ago and months ago. I mean, imagine like all throughout that crazy pandemic and all the crazy crap that Canada did. And then Canada is supposedly a democracy. So in these parliamentary democracies, they, uh, you know, until the next election, when you have a crazy situation like a pandemic, that can be actually really, really scary and creepy. <laughs> or look at like New York, right? Like even like so many people left that I guess they elected. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know about enough about this new guy, but but I know a lot of people left. And they're not necessarily going back. Did I cut out again? Fuck. No, you're there. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shit. I don't have anything to out, say. <laughs> yes. Anyway, <sighs> you said you had a ton of content for today. So what you got? Well, it's, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about was in relation to rents or did I already bring that up? Uh, you know, like my energy's so low cause of this coof. Koof has got me down. So I've heard Koof and I've heard Vid. I've heard Rona. How many more names can we come up for? Coronavirus 19. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh. Yeah. A lot of them. Oh, you know, I wanted to go on this rant about like affordable housing. Do you know anything about affordable housing? I'm trying to find some. Uh, no, that's not really what it means though. Affordable housing is like this weird, you know, quasi legal thing. It's like a status. It's like, Oh a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Like so section eight other, stuff? Sure. That could be, a, that might, that might have to do with it. Right. Cause it's, it's complicated, but one of the things about affordable housing is that when it's private as opposed to public or hell, probably even when it's public, someone has to build the affordable housing. And so how do you encourage them to do that? So what they do is oftentimes they will give some kind of subsidy to the private company that's actually going to build the affordable housing. And then this subsidy is something that's usually a financial instrument that they can trade in the open market. So for instance, some people who build affordable housing will get like a, a tax credit from the government and then they can literally sell that tax credit in the open market. Um, How do you sell a tax credit? That's Oh, I know, right? So basically, let's say you're going to build a building and for whatever reason, they're going to give you $20 million of tax credit for building this building. Then maybe it's going to cost you like 3 million bucks to build or something like that because it's affordable housing. So then you're going to go to the, you know, to like New York or whatever. You're going to call someone in Brickle and you're going to be like, hey, I got this $20 million tax credit what can I get for it? And they'll be like, ah, you know, we can probably get you like 17, five. And so, you know, so that's like what they do. And then once they've already built this house, like this, the, the housing, you know, then they have to rent it out to people. Like you said, uh, some of this stuff is going to be for poor people and they're going to be on section eight. And so they've, they've got like guaranteed income because they know that for sure, a certain percentage of the people who are, uh, renting from them are going to be getting checks from the government, like directly from the government, as opposed to someone who might lose their job or something like that. Yeah. It's always income restricted. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, 
And so affordable housing to me is like pretty much a scam. I remember there was a group, maybe they were called Carlisle. I remember I had met this guy. He was a super nice guy, but when he told me about what he did, and that was what his company did, right? Like there's other ways to do it. Um, like, so in this one example that I was reading in the news this week, there's a program called federal low income housing tax credits. And so that, you know, so <laughs> like what I was just talking about. And so that's what they do. They just get these like low income housing tax credits. Uh, but th- th- someone was like basically arrested for fraud. There's all kinds of people who are arrested in all kinds of scams with affordable housing. It's just, it's not like a, it just doesn't seem to me like one of those um, like charitable things to do. It seems more like a skeezy kind of slumlord thing to do to build affordable housing. It honestly reminds me of the plot for the most recent Batman film. (laughs) What was the plot of the most recent Batman film? Well, that his, um, I can't remember who, the father of the Riddler I think it was, or was it, or Bruce Wayne's dad was doing basically that. Um, slumming. Yeah, slumming, but uh, it, um, it was it was homes for, for, for kids or, or, or some bullshit, but, but they were really banking the money and, and doing other shit with it. Yeah, it's so strange. So think, so there's like nonprofit organizations that let's say there was this one example where there was like for the homeless people. So they were going to make sure that there was a certain percentage of this affordable housing that they were going to be able to build because of these tax credits. They were going to give them to homeless people again. So these homeless people are going to be in all these kinds of programs that are going to give them money to help them pay that rent. This nonprofit organization that runs this whole scheme they're they're, you know, like rich people get to give them money not have to pay taxes because they're giving them this money. They get to feel good about themselves and go around and be like, Oh, I'm helping homeless people. Whereas the homeless people are living in this slum housing and they're not even usually getting their lives fixed. They're just like getting cycled through these programs. I don't know why I'm ranting about this. It's just like affordable housing just bothers me so much. Eventually I will have something actually relevant to say. on Well, I mean, Economic environments are, are like ours are probably putting more money or guaranteeing more income for those those scammers. I would imagine. Oh yeah, but you know, so here's an interesting thing why this is kind of screwed up. Uh, so one of the news articles that I have here, like local news, is, um, you know, I follow the next Miami, and they linked to Rent Cafe. I have no idea what Rent Cafe is, but if they're linking to it, hey, they must think it's relevant. Their 2022 year-end report, Miami was America's most competitive rental market this year. Two-thirds of renters renewed leases. So the, the gist of it is that like renting is tough in South Florida. Record high occupancy from the article. A record 32 renters competed for a vacant apartment in Miami. And rental units were filled in 25 days, although the number of apartments in the metro increased by a staggering 2.8% in the first part of the year. That's still far from meeting the high demand for rentals. So they have like this chart. There's a link that I can post in the show notes <clears throat> if those ever get created. Only Central Jersey and suburban Philly have higher lease renewal. So again, so it was like two thirds. So that's like 66 plus percent. 
was actually 75, I think, percent, which is three-fourths. But other than that, like Miami beat every other city and every other market, Miami-Dade County, I should say, for uh, average vacant days. So like the, the lowest number of days that they stay on the market, like the highest occupancy, uh, the highest prospective renters. Orlando was number three. Southwest Florida is number 11. Broward is number 14. Tampa's number 17. So like Florida is all over this list of booming rental markets, which ugh, that means that like it sucks to be a renter right now. So good luck to you, Chip. Dang, so you said F Broward was actually number 14 compared to Miami. Yeah, that Miami means? Dade is, but that's because of like Brickell and exactly. Miami Beach and like all a, these like really high end places. A lot of those people just would just want to go to exa exactly those areas, which is nothing but fucking um, high rises, unless you're going to I one know, of the mansions. Super expensive, right? For like these crazy, outrageous maintenance fees. Like, imagine paying like two, three thousand dollars maintenance a month. So I wonder where really all the single family homes are going. Like, like that's probably less Miami, more west, Broward, right? or more West. Yeah. As and, usual. In terms of people, rentals. Yeah. Well, who knows? Rentals. Yeah. There's a lot of rentals being built everywhere. So, you know, it's just a matter of a part of the, part of the problem is like how much you're willing to pay is a kind of the question at this point. Yep. Right now I'm looking at 24. But, but see, renting, one of the things about renting versus owning, though, is that you don't have to pay the maintenance. Like, you know, it's just, that's a part of the rent. Yeah, but where, what do you mean by maintenance, though, for like a single family home? Well, maintenance, okay, maintenance is theoretically like when you live in a condominium or in a sort of group structure, you're right. paying a monthly fee for a bunch of stuff to be taken care of for you. So like you don't have to mow the lawn, you don't have to uh, treat the pool or filter the pool and all this stuff. Like that stuff all gets handled by management. And there's other stuff like if the elevator breaks and the building doesn't have money for it, then they do what's called an assessment where they charge everyone in the building extra money every month just to cover those like extra bills. No, I get it. Yeah. I mean, but I care less, less more about, I care less about those buildings and more about like single family homes. Well, yeah, of course, especially because your circumstances, like you got dogs, chimp. But in general, it looks like uh, they're just trying to uh, build more high rises, like right next to me, like that, that nine story building that's being built, uh, that multi-level use, well, anywhere they can get away with it. Anywhere they can get away with building up, 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 up. Like, I mean, that's where they make the most money, right? The more they can pump the space, right? Like what they call the SAR. This, uh, I can't remember what that stands for. No, S-A-R. It's like uh, something area ratio. Oh, okay. It's, a, it's like when you compare the um, like the total square feet by the base square feet there's a ratio that every city or municipality allows like let's say 1.0 would be if they let you build on the entire lot but usually they want you to dedicate a certain percentage of your lot to like Parking. oh you know you got to have some grass or something or you got to have a lawn or you got to have you got to have like a driveway so all those little details they cut away from your SAR or maybe it's FAR it's probably FAR and uh so you know and that's something that like companies, especially if you're trying to build like high rises or build up 
oftentimes they're going to get special zoning approval so that they can get a little bit more of that FAR. Because every little bit more, that's they could charge for that. Sounds, you know, in the end product. Sounds like a bunch of bull to me. I've been reading all kinds of crazy things over the last few days since I've been stuck at home. And one really interesting article that I came across uh, that I thought some of our audience might find fascinating was, um, this is the headline. It's a, it's actually a study. Excess deaths, excess death rates for Republicans and Democrats during the COVID-19 pandemic. So what do you think that's about? And then what do you think it concludes <laughs> excess, excess death rates. So <laughs> we okay. expected to kill about, you know, 1% of the population, but we got 1.5. Okay. But, but let's look again, L- listen to the headline and I want you to like, try to try to get a little bit more from it. Excess death rates for Republicans and Democrats during the COVID-19 pandemic. So what do you think this is about? They don't like independence. No. So they're comparing, right? They're going to compare the death you. rates. I got you for Republicans and Democrats. Can you, can you take a guess like in 2022 in our woke ass world, what, what, what they're going to say about excess debts? Who had more? Who do you think Republicans or Democrats? Well, in 2022, well, obviously it's going to be vax versus unvaxed and maybe um, <laughs> okay, so this is just this one study, right? So this is not, I'm not saying this is true. I'm not saying that like what this study says is true. I'm just saying, what do you think this study says? Who do you think died more? Excess death rates for Republicans and Democrats. You think Democrats died more or Republicans died more? I don't know. I mean, <sighs> okay, well, let me give it away. Obviously in this article, they're saying Republicans died way more than Democrats. But like, uh, I'm, I'm trying to understand the excess part. All right, here we go. Political affiliation has emerged as a potential risk factor for COVID-19 amid evidence that Republican-leaning counties have had higher COVID-19 death rates than Democrat-leaning counties and evidence of a link between political party affiliation and vaccination reviews. This study constructs an individual level data set with political affiliation and excess death rates during the COVID-19 pandemic via a linkage of 2017 voter registration in, get this, Ohio and Florida to mortality data from 2018 to 2021. So how many states are there in this country? Mm, A lot more than two. And a lot more than two. Especially what since a, Florida is a fucking <laughs> retirement state. I know, right? Whoops. And like, I, so I don't understand this study. This just seems like to me a little bit irresponsible. So like to have the whole focus of your, if, if that is the point of your study is to analyze excess deaths, then why wouldn't you cover, if you're going to cover any, <laughs> then cover one. If you're going to cover more than one, why not all 50? Why are you going to cover two? 
there's an interesting relationship between Ohio and Florida. A lot of Ohioans always end up down here. I don't know why. But um, no, I mean, we have free prescription. There's no tax on prescription drugs. We're definitely a fucking retirement state. I just like, so, you know, when I was reading, I'm like, oh, oh, this is interesting. I want, this is controversial. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, this is just two states. (laughs) Cherry picking. I know. And then another thing that I came across was from Mitch Talk, Global Economic Analysis. His headline was, the Philadelphia Fed just revised jobs lower by, and get this number, 1.2 million for quarter two. So we had what we had 1.2 million less jobs than was originally reported for quarter two of the year 2022. What? Yes, this is what he says. The Where CES. Did they go? I don't know. The CES provides a timely estimate of monthly state employment data, but the QCEW follows about five months later with a more complete picture covering more than 95% of all employers. So basically these numbers, they get updated all the time based on when new information comes out. So it's really strange and esoteric that these large economic institutions, banks, are relying on the statistical output of these strange and extremely inaccurate methodologies of analyzing like what the hell the truth is about like, for instance, how many people have a job in the country? I still don't quite understand how they, how they get those numbers. I mean, like, does every company report, like, I don't no. know, you know, it's just, there's definitely a lot of estimation going on. There. <laughs> I don't know. I think we lost you again. Uh, we lost. Him. We lost. Him. into this strange journey of remote recording is not without its pitfalls. Ain't that right, Chimp? To me, it sounds like that Indian guy really fucked you over, man. (laughs) I don't know. The internet seems fine to me. It's weird because like nothing changes on the clean feed. It's just, uh, it's just, you drop out. I drop out. I'm, I'm just fine. (laughs) <laughs> well, to you, you're fine. But to me, it says that I'm still connected. So I don't know what to tell you. You're um, hanging on by a bare thread. <laughs> but yeah, so the, you know, it, the, the whole thing is esoteric. So like how exactly they get these kinds of numbers, like employment rate or unemployment rate is just, uh, it's bizarre. And the, the fact is, is that these, that they, they change and, and then again, we have one, we had 1.2 million fewer jobs in the second quarter of 2022 than we originally thought. That's really bad economically. <laughs> so uh, if the yeah. Federal Reserve, if the Federal Reserve is trying to like increase unemployment as a, so the whole thing about, I guess, with the Fed right now is that they need inflation to come down. And by that, they somehow it means prices. So they need more people 
to be out of a job so that less people can afford things so that the prices have to come down. Like what a strange world we live in. And it'd be interesting to find out if those numbers were manipulated to wait for the the midterms. And then now the real numbers are coming out. Oh, well, by the way, <laughs> we were off by a couple million jobs. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Like wait till we hear about quarter three. Mm hmm. Yeah, everything is. Things are not looking good. Uh, well, <laughs> that's for sure. Happy I have my job. Yeah, I'm happy to have my job too. And uh, you know, even though I'm still kind of in the boat of trying to get a new job, I'm almost resigned to just staying in this job for the, for the next year. It wouldn't be that bad. Oh, I mean, if they're not paying you for your coof time, I would definitely leave. Well, they had like this policy of paying for five days of coof time, but like how many, like, and that was it. That was like, but I don't think I used any of them. I don't know if that still exists. Fucking better. Yeah, it should. But I mean, that's like five days. So, you know, if you already used them, then you wouldn't get any more. That is true. Uh, working for people sucks. Well, do you have way. like sick time in general? No. What? Yeah, I know this industry is so stupid. Don't get me started. Uh, you know, I'm all, I'm only stuck here for at least another you know for another year, and then then I got options. I got options, yo. Oh, since of course I opened the show with it, so I did pull up an article from the Miami Herald, and the headline of the article says, "Lawsuit accuses Miami of racial gerrymandering in drawing new voting districts." So, uh, if anyone's interested in that kind of a thing, <laughs> uh, I guess the idea is that Miami is, is pretty segregated. Like we've got kind of historically, we've had neighborhoods that were kind of dominated by certain, uh, ethnicities, I guess, you know, like you might have mostly Cubans in one area or you might have mostly Haitian people in one area. You might have. Uh, mostly like white and Jewish people in one area. You might have, uh, not to say that like white people can't be Cuban or Jewish or anyways. Uh, so by like racially gerrymandering, they're able to make sure that for instance, like this district is always going to vote for like a black person, but this district is always going to vote for a Cuban person. And so, uh, they're getting taken to court. Someone's like, nah, that's illegal. Well, I mean, down in like West Miami and, and, and closer to like 8th Street and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's usually Cubans, even though not not just Cubans out there, but you do have a majority of Cubans, you know, in, in, in other parts of the city, it is more Haitians or it is more Jamaicans. Yeah, but I guess the idea is that the districts should kind of be drawn on... Basically, they can't be drawn on racial, you right. know, like racial borders. Like that cannot be the criteria that you use to decide where a political district is. I'm, I'm not again. I'm not saying that that's good or bad, but that's just, that is the law. There's a lot of rules about that. So, you know, these kinds of things happen all the time. Uh, gerrymandering is. Didn't we recently um, redistrict not too long ago? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 
That's what this lawsuit is about. Now there's better representation. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? I, I kind of, I've been tuned out from a lot of the local politicians. Like I've seen some really horrible people get into some really good positions of power in local, you know, local politics. And it's just sad. Like the, I'm pretty sure the, the guy, uh, is he the current head of the Miami Dade commission? Like his name is Gilbert, I think. And he was the mayor of the city of Miami gardens, Miami gardens. Oh my God, this city, they were in a lawsuit involving racial profiling because their cops were pretty much stopping like everybody they found on the streets. It was so bad. They were stopping the same people multiple times in one night. And you're talking about like thousands and thousands of of stops. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but, and it was, uh, and yeah, they were like, and this was happening under this guy's, under this guy's watch. It's a pretty violent, city is very corrupt. They've gone like, they've have no money. Their tax rate is pretty high compared to other places. And somehow now this guy who was the mayor of that city, which is a wreck is now like the head of the, the County commission. Like this is a bizarro world we live in. And so I try not to pay too much attention to it because that would be depressing. But you love ranting about it. Well, that's what I got a show for. I mean, if I don't have a show to rant, then what the hell's the point? Then you have Bitcoin brunch. You just rant there instead. Yeah, I can rant there too. But, you know, I, I got to save it for posterity. Uh, people got to know, you know, they got to know that like there's all this corruption in Miami and all these tech bros and Silicon Valley hipsters are coming to South Florida because it's all like nice weather and low taxes and they think everything's hunky dory and it's not hunky dory. I mean, things are pretty cool, but it's not perfect. How has brunch been? Brunch has been great. I think, uh, it's been good. I've done it over 80 times and, uh, you know, the energy has been really good lately. We've had great conversations. I've had a bunch of regulars just coming week after week. And, uh, there's, you know, we're building like momentum. I don't even really know towards what, like, obviously the, the the Bitcoin vortex is a part of it, but it's hard to say. It's it's good. I'm happy to do it. It sucks. I'm going to miss it tomorrow. Oh, that's right. You got coofed. Damn. Oh yeah. That's yeah. It sucks. It sucks. But I've already let, uh, I let Mars know. So like, hopefully he'll. He'll hold down the fort for me. It'll be your representative, your liaison. Yeah, well, I mean, not my liaison, but it's just, you know, someone to be there to say hello to people if, if someone new shows up. Ooh, so I had signed up for this thing like uh, Bitcoin Magazine and uh, I don't remember what other companies like Bit, Bit something, some other Bit something, but they're trying to promote meetups and so they sent me a box full of bitcoin magazines hmm oh okay so okay so then you could um, hand them out yeah nice yeah. so that's pretty cool and this is like the naive bukele edition so they've got this picture of like what looks like a a, a, a u.s bill but it's got naive bukele you know 
as the president instead of whoever else it would be. And then I think it's just got like bitcoins on the, uh, the dollar sign instead of, instead of like showing enumeration. Let me, let me try to grab one. Yeah, I see it now. Peer to peer electronic cash, 21 million. The orange party issue. So, you know, it's like, it's a pretty high quality print. It's, uh, you know, so I'm going to be able to give these out over the next few weeks to people who come to brunch and that's cool. Ooh, my start nine. This thing came in, in like in original limited edition art by this, uh, God, I gotta look up the guy's name. The guy's like a crazy multimedia artist and he's done a bunch of like Bitcoin art that's been, I think displayed at, uh, the Bitcoin convention. So that was really cool. Like for the people who ordered one of the first like a set of the embassy pros. They got that special limited edition art. Try to keep your levels the same and keep going like low and you're down here. I know it's hard. It's hard <laughs> because I don't, I, I, I don't really have like my position yet, you know, for how I do the podcast when you're not here. It's, it's, I need you. You'll never see me again. Ha 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 ha. Go drink what, some water or something. Your dogs are going to eat you? They may, actually, yeah. I'm going to be living alone now. <laughs> I'm going to be lonely. I'll be living alone with some big old dogs. I'm going to be lonely. Uh, so uh, I've been loving this mug. Miss uh, Tim Perfect. Oh, yeah. Tell me about the mug. <laughs> well, so I, I wish it was like 100% foolproof, but... You know, there is like a little bit of a learning curve. And the main thing is that to use this mug properly, it has to start at room temperature. Oh. So basically there are two layers of insulation. One layer, and it's got like, I guess like maybe it's a stainless steel exterior. One layer of insulation is essentially to stop your hands from getting hot. And then the other layer of insulation, which is inside of that one, is a special material that changes from a solid at room temperature to a liquid when it's hot. And so basically the idea is when you pour the liquid into this, this mug, thermos, whatever thing, the material turns into a liquid and by turning into a liquid, which is an endothermic reaction, it absorbs the heat from the tea or the coffee. And usually I'm drinking tea and it lowers that temperature to like about 135 degrees. But the problem is that if it does not start at room temperature, it's going to be a little hotter than 135 degrees when you start drinking your, your liquid. So, you know, for you, it'd probably be okay. But for me, I have to kind of be cautious about it because I can still, you know, like overdo it a little bit. If I take like a big swig when I first pour the stuff into the now, now this liquid um it's like behind a wall right it's not actually mixing with your tea of course not it's like in the mug like in okay. the walls of the mug yeah gotcha okay that's really cool that's really interesting what's it called again? now it does it, it what what's it called again tem perfect <laughs> oh like tempurpedic yeah it's nice. I just finished a little bit of tea right now. So I've been, you know, I've been drinking a hell of a lot more tea because of that. I love to drink tea. 
And if you don't drink tea, people, you should drink tea. It's good. It like warms you up inside. What kind of tea? I drink a lot of green tea. Mm. In the mornings, I'll do some black tea, like Earl Grey breakfast tea, stuff with caffeine. But like, you know, throughout the day, I'll usually do the green tea because that's supposed to be good for like detox and, and circulation and other stuff like that. Jovio, that's what it's called. Yeah. I see it. Yeah, and I, you know, I would, I I'm still, I'm st- I definitely don't need another mug, but. No, sounds, you know, I mean, especially based on, oh yeah, now it's interesting. When I first told you about it, you're like, ah, man, that sounds so dumb. Like, I don't care. I didn't know about the liquid part. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch it happen. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know about the liquid part either. I thought it was just like a ceramic material, but the fact is that it pretty much works. And so, and it keeps it like, so I'll be able to have my tea nice and hot until like if my, my work starts at seven 30, if I left my house at six 45, if the tea was brewed at like, let's say six 40, it's still good at like 1130. It's still holding that temperature, but probably around 12, 1230, then it's going to start probably getting like this. Yeah, this would have been great when I still worked at the firm because I would make coffee in the morning and, and, and take it to work and just drink it over time. Yeah, because like I mean, if I'm if I'm just sitting there, like if I'm just sitting at my computer as I've been doing for the last several days, then I will go through through the tea real quick. But if I'm working, it could take me a few hours to get through a cup of tea. Exactly. Yeah, because you're doing other. And it's shit. nice, you know. Like I just take a, like a nice little sip, and then like warms my insides, and then I go back to work, and I work for a little while, and then I go back, take a sip, it warms my insides. It's nice. <laughs> so the mug has to be room temperature, and then you add the hot liquid to it. Yeah. So, you know, like for instance, after I'm done now, if I wanted to have more tea, I would have to like rinse it with cold water and maybe like leave the cold water in there for a little while to absorb that heat and to turn that liquid back into a solid. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. So it's not super convenient in that sense. Like if you, if you're a cereal drinker, if you're a cereal, but if you're a cereal drinker, you probably can handle like a little bit hotter than I can handle anyways. Like the importance is that I can't, right. I, I don't want my fucking mouth getting burned drinking tea anymore. So to comment really quickly on all these uh, Miami Herald things you post in the discord, it sucks because they're all behind paywalls. I mean, but doesn't the, the bot like post a lot of the text in the, in the mm. chat itself? It's part of it. Well, that's enough. <laughs> like, literally, like, the fucking first paragraph. Okay, well, what I'll try to do is I'm going to try to upgrade the bot. Like, I mean, this is why the, the Discord is still in testing, because a lot of these things are just experimental. And then once I've got them all figured out. Uh, yeah, because there should be a way for the bot to be able to pull the article. It's, it's really weird how these websites work. How they they actually will load the content, but then once the content is loaded, it will then load a paywall. It's so bizarre. To me, that seems like an extremely irresponsible process if if your goal was to prevent people from accessing it. But maybe then it counts as um, as like a, a click or something, something having to do with advertising. I don't know. But then again, there's yeah, a, it's a weird. So, but basically, I just got to find a way to f- stop the browser from allowing it to load that like <laughs> that paywall at the end. Like, okay, load the content and just leave the content. Right. 
sometimes you can get, you know, I don't know, sometimes I can trick some of these websites, like the next Miami, I think uh, sometimes we'll have paywalls. If you, if you go, or like the real deal Miami, if you go to incognito mode, sometimes you'll be able to, to see it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like it's, it annoys me. And the fact is, is that I'm not, it, I don't make money from most of the news that I read. So how am I going to pay some company like a hundred something bucks a year to read their articles when I don't make money from their articles? Like someone's making money from these articles. Like if you're, if you're selling millions of dollars of real estate every year, then you could afford to spend like 150 bucks a year on some real estate magazine. But I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not going to do that. And the Herald, I don't know. I'm like super twisted. Like I, I would, I could imagine paying the Herald again just to get, be able to get access to not have to deal with the paywall. But I would much rather if one of my friends figured out how to just get rid of the paywall for me. That would be so nice. Won't you be my friend? Or boost using a modern podcast app. Boost. And that way, Captain Brunch can read his Miami Herald articles unimpeded. Yeah, I mean, if basically someone can pay us, like, I guess, how much is it? Like, I think $50 would cover it for the year. They'll give me some discount. I'll be able to get. So boost us $50, please. <laughs> uh, You're such a ham. You know, I definitely, like, I used to be subscribed to the Miami Herald, and I just, I got so annoyed. like a gps app um once i got graphene no i stopped um i don't really like or i don't know how to use the open the open street map i think it's called it's i mean you know it works but it's just not you know i'm spoiled by google maps unfortunately okay, so so if you're spoiled by google maps but now you're on graphene like how would you get someplace if you didn't know where it was um do what I used to do before I had a phone with GPS. <laughs> Look so it up. Like go to Google Maps on your computer first is what you're saying? Right. So you may benefit from a new initiative that's being put on by uh, the Linux Foundation projects. And it's Ooh. called Overture Maps Foundation. Tell you me can, more. Uh, you can find this at overturemaps.org. I found this an interesting little bit of news coming out this week that uh, probably should be bigger news because amongst other groups, Amazon, Meta, Microsoft, and Digital Maps uh, grandfather, Tom Tom, have all joined this uh, foundation to essentially put all of their data into this like open source map project <laughs> that's that's going to try to compete with Google Maps. And I find it ironic, but also fantastic that 
all of these like patent trolls like Microsoft, for instance, are going to be turning to open source as a way to try to fight against the behemoth monopoly of Google. That is really interesting. Now we just got to wait for someone to make a nice little map app. Well, it seems inevitable. Um, like if it's being put on by the Linux Foundation, then one would hope that they would create like a good interface that will be able to be distributed to, oh, but like phones, right? Right. Yeah, so exactly. Eventually. Eventually. Because if it's going to be, yeah, eventually. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> I mean, I've been, oh, pre- so I've been pretty fine without it, to be honest. Uh, it was weird at first because my habit was always, always to go look at myself in the map to see where I am. But you kind of get over it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to get over things sometimes. Or if I um, need to, I'll just bring my tablet and just hotspot to it and just use that. Yeah, like I'm still using an Android phone and I'm still pretty googled so let's see what happens because i I definitely want to start transitioning away from a lot of my googleness i one of my big projects that i'm going to be taking on over the next probably the next few weeks because uh like i don't once i get back to work like which you know theoretically would be this week but then there's going to be a bunch of days off for the holidays so i want to replace google drive with uh you know, like some sort of setup with the Embassy Pro where I'm hosting all of my documents on the Google, on the Embassy Pro, but then I can access them from all of my devices. Yes, exactly. I I, I actually pay for a ProtonMail. I actually just started using their, their calendar and um, it also includes the drive, so I need to use their drive. I mean, why not, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you know, let's see let's see what happens. It'll be interesting if I can start to de-Google myself. I'll be happy. I will be happy that they are not intermediating my existence. Oh, they definitely are. Ever since I bought um, the the Pixel Seven, because I mean, I'll buy it directly from Google, and then and then Mal told me that she was getting a bunch of ads for the Pixel Seven on her phone. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck? How did how did they link the two? And I realized we're all on the same um, YouTube plan? music. No, the the YouTube music family account. Yeah, that's a plan, right? We're all the same <laughs> we're plan. All on the same plan. I'm surprised you haven't been getting ads for the for, for the freaking picture. Where server. would I get ads? On your computer, on Google, on she was getting them on, on Instagram, I think. Well. That explains that. I mean, I don't really use Instagram, so I but, wouldn't see. It. I have seen a lot of ads on Twitter, but none of them. Yeah, I was going to oh, say Twitter. I, de- I definitely saw some crazy ad for like to buy uh, a Pixel 7. I, I have seen an ad. I mean, the phone just came out, so I'm sure they're marketing. But she was saying like right after I got the phone, she got blown up with, with ads. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it could be also like there's this, I mean, this phenomena has been described a lot of times where it has to do with like the, you know, where right after you buy something, then suddenly you get a bunch of ads for it. You're like, I already bought this thing, you assholes. Although it wasn't you. I mean, it wasn't her, it was you. So I wanted to bring up a podcast that I started listening to that I think is very interesting and for people who are who have like a foodie side you know like you have a foodie side sometimes right 
I love food. Yeah. So this podcast is called The Delicious Legacy. And the main theme of this podcast is to explore ancient food. So the the podcast creator primarily goes through like old primary sources and tries to recreate recipes. This is like, this is like one of his, I guess uh, his like chef claim to fame is that he recreates old recipes. And it's really fascinating to me because I love food. And so the idea of like hearing these long form, like usually his episodes are like an hour, an hour and a half. So to hear these episodes where he's talking about these old foods, some of them that we don't even have anymore. Um, really cool. He had one episode where he was talking to a cheesemonger and they were talking about the development of cheese in the British Isles. And that <laughs> like, you know, I don't even, I know some of the cheeses that they were trying actually. And then I didn't know some of the other cheeses and then all of the, the history and the cheese making that was just one episode. So if that kind of stuff interests you, I think this is a really cool podcast. Yeah, I'm looking through a few of the episodes. Pythagoras's pies, history of coffee, history of wine, history of spice, spice trade. It seems pretty cool. And it's, you know, one of the things I really like about this show is that you can tell how much he loves food. And so you're able to share that with him. It's really cool. It makes me want to try more foods. It makes me want to be more explorative. And I, I do hope I can because... I love eating. I love trying new things. Uh, you know, one thing I've been really interested in, and I'm, I'm not really sad, but I should be that this year I missed the, um, uh, what do they call it when they have the discounts at the restaurants? Um, a sale. Oh, but it's like in South Florida, they have the, oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the Miami spice. That's what it's called. Mm -hmm. So the Miami spice thing, there's a bunch of restaurants, like really good restaurants that do special menus for Miami spice. And, Miami just recently got several Michelin rated restaurants. Did I already talk to you about this? Yes. Yeah. So I really want to try them. And I think I'm just going to go ahead and like splurge like 200 bucks on a dinner for myself in the near future. <laughs> By yourself. Probably. Right. Because I don't have, I don't know if anyone listening wants to go on one of these like culinary experiences with me, uh, let's do it in February. Like it'll be a good way to celebrate after the, my, uh, the Bitcoin vortex. Well, hopefully I'll be in a better financial place in February and I'll join you. Yeah, me too. Oh my God. Like these days off, again, it's killing me. Like, <laughs> God. like I bought myself so many things. I was not planning to take days off. <laughs> it's been nice though. It's like, it's always kind of like life affirming when you're sick and you, you know, you can't really behave normally. And like the first night, you know, like the night sweats. And I think I took like five showers that night because every time I started sweating, I just wanted to like get all the sweat, like washed off of me. Damn, you were bad. Jesus Christ. Every encounter with, with, with the coup for me has been like just a bad headache. Well, <laughs> it's, um, you were like in yeah, sweats it, and everything. Jeez. Yeah, I got the headache too. But yeah, oh yeah, that first day, like it really, like it went right through me, man. It went right through me. <laughs> like sweats and chills. Like I'm still, like even last night I was sleeping with like four layers of covers on top of me. So we are two weeks away from the Bitcoin birthday bash hosted by Captain Brunch. 
Oh yeah, the proof of work party. The proof of work party. So any any details going on there? Anything our listeners should know? The people well, who, who are flying in from across the country, you know, from Japan or Australia. Yeah, so if you want to participate in the proof of work party, then all you gotta do. You writing this down? Yes, I am actually. Okay. So if you want to go to the proof of work party, you got a message. Captain Brunch, and he will give you the details <laughs> because I'm definitely not doxing this party uh, to to no weirdos. They're gonna come yeah, anyway, like, man. <laughs> we were just talking about all these people moving to South Florida on New Year's oh, Eve. Yeah. We're definitely gonna be walking around the streets. Ah, uh, but I but work if, the next day. God damn. It. If you can bring a generator, I have to do Bitcoin brunch the next day. If you can bring a generator. Oh yeah, that would be cool. Cause I don't have a generator right now, and I'm not, uh, I'm not like trying to buy a generator. But if you have a generator and you can bring it to the party, then you know that would be really cool. So that's like, so number one, to find out about the party, hit up Captain Brunch. Number two, if you have a generator, hit up Captain Brunch. Well, I, I have that generator. I just gotta gotta go um, turn it on. I can do that next week. Oh yeah, you should definitely do that. That sounds good because. Oh man, that would be so bomb like to do that crap again. And now that we know all the little hacks that <laughs> won't get our, won't get my car stuck in the sand. That's not a hack. That's just common sense. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh God. It ain't called lit for no reason. Jeez. Uh, all right. Well, let's everyone please. Cross your fingers for me. Hopefully Please I'll clap. be moving into a new place, the place I want to move into soon. Yeah, I'm really I'm really hoping for you, man. It's uh I know it's some crazy times and so you know, I hope you get a good place, a good, nice, stable place to take you and your uh your animals. My animals, my animals. All right, so Art, you, you work on getting us some sponsorship for our culinary experience. <laughs> um, let's see how many, you know, it would be cool to go to one of these fancy ass, like, let's see, they probably got a French, they definitely got a French one. Uh, I don't know if there was a sushi one, but that would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just want to do a fancy ass dinner. You know, like, haven't you ever had a fancy ass dinner? No. Well, so would you ever have a fancy ass dinner? What makes it fancy? Usually the portions are small, but there's like uh, a lot of ingredients. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, okay. So I'm going to, you know, like next week, I'm going to talk about one of these places. I'm going to like look up one of these places and I'm going to create a review, like a preview for the show so that we can try to decide which one we're going to go to. Oh, you're still talking about the Michelin restaurants? Hell Yeah. And then this is all funded by you, right? No, uh, Art said he's going to get Blockstream to, <laughs> to to fund it. Sponsor it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Let's do it. I'm down. I'll sell myself for uh, some some steaks. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're selling chimp for some steaks or some sats, whatever you want to do. If you got a modern podcast app, then you should definitely be boosting us. If you do not have a modern podcast app, 
yeah, what the hell's wrong with you? Go to newpodcastapps.com and hang out with Saturday Night Lit. Thanks for joining us. Stream on audioghost.miami. We'll be with you next week. Thank you very much. Oh, shit. Are we going to have to do a show on your birthday? Oh, man. Something to think about. Oh, we could do it live from the beach, right? Can we? I don't know. Live from the beach is... With like a generator running? <laughs> we'll figure it out. It. Peace out.